What's up, everybody? I'm Avatage, and welcome to the Hell and Speak Podcast, Fantasy Critic League Edition, hosted by me. It's all me now. I'm in control. I've taken over. I have three <laughs> guests today, and we're going to go around the horn and just introduce ourselves. Let's start with Alex. Who are you, yeah. and who's your publisher? Oh, hey, it's me. So I'm with Funky Face Studios, killer nice, publisher. Nice, very nice. Um, should I talk about the game that I like right now, too? <laughs> yes, please do. Tell me about yeah. your... F- best game you drafted this year yeah i think my best game for sure was chicory a colorful tale um that's one that i found the steam game sales not only was it an incredible game but it ended up scoring really well and i think like it just slid under everybody's radar and i was like got it yeah that brought in a nice 17 points for you which was pretty epic double figures is good but getting closer to that 20 score is kind of makes all the difference especially this year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so funky face studios there with alex let's move on to our next contender paula what is your publisher and what was your favorite game you've drafted this year um paula here uh, my publisher was called was named pokey and paula studios or just pokey and paula really <laughs> and i could have had like two favorite picks this year one of them it was master fellows because i was so happy uh, Tommy gave gave you so many fucking points, and the second one is <laughs> Chimayami Tensei Five. I I am so happy the wait was so worth it. I also got a high score, so at the very least, it um brought me like in the it like in the top the part of the of the ranking here. Absolutely, and both those games scored nineteen and sixteen respectively, which again very well very well. Uh, received game so excellent picks there from poking poor and finally good old rick with city project rick. like like the namesake uh we over promised and, and grossly under delivered um, <laughs> more specifically three of my games didn't release uh four if you count one that i swapped out and then a fifth needed manually scoring but that manual score is probably my favorite game that i picked last year that is the um hironobu sakaguchi backed Fantasian, um, a pick that not many people really thought about because it was an uh, Apple Arcade game, but one that was my best scoring game, um, mm. one that definitely flew under the radar a little bit like Chicory, out of left field, which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not been the year that any of us wanted. Well, it's not been the year that I wanted, let's say. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that as we go. <laughs> yeah, well, <Yeah>. touche. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Dear listeners, we are talking about the Fantasy Critic League, which if you haven't heard about it, it is a basically a fantasy football league, but for video games. And you can find lots of info about it on the Hell and to Beat forum and the Discord. Uh, So this episode is going to be all about it. And we're going to talk about the year and some strategies and the picks and see what these guys have learned and not learned and succeeded with and that sort of thing as we go. Uh, so yeah, that's what you can look forward to in this episode. And we're going to kick off with, uh, Paula, who was last year's champion in 2021. She took out the entire year, uh, very handily. And so, Paula, how has this year, do you reckon, been different to, uh, last year being 2020, sorry, this year being 2021? Because last year we had a bit of a hiccup with the whole pandemic scenario and a lot of games being delayed and that sort of thing. But yeah, how, how do you, having succeeded last year and played this year as well, like how, how do you feel it's it's changed or, or been the same even? Um, first of all, uh, this year, there wasn't like that one game that pretty much took over everything else. Because last year, Animal Crossing New Horizons was like the game that, uh, put me in first place and kept me there for a while and that game not only scored like really well but like it took over the world by storm because it was like pretty much what people needed back then and even though if many games were uh delayed both last year and this year i feel like this year has been a bit i don't want to say lackluster but there hasn't been like mm. any like big hits I uh last year so on one on one hand like there was some fierce competition but on the other hand 
uh, Alex who got those very big hits or like um, bigger hits, I want to say. Uh, pretty much he didn't have much competition because like there wasn't like any way anyone would ever like be able to score anything close to him. Um, yeah, well, and like we were saying in the intro, like you guys, your big big numbers were like 16, 19, that kind of thing. Whereas just looking at last year's league, Paula, you had two, which were 20 and 21, which was uh-huh. Animal Crossing and Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which just shows yep. that they were bigger... They were better received critically anyway than anything this year, really. Yeah, like I yeah. have—I don't even have the best scoring games on the list. Like I, you know, the really? best ones like a ninety-two. Yeah, you know, no, I, I, I have um, the best scoring was like Forza. I just have workhorses. That I feel like this year was the year of the workhorse game. You know, where it's like it is a great game, but it's not like genre-defining games. You know, which is kind of like what we got the year before. <laughs> well, and I think um, consistency throughout the roster was a bit. Mm-hmm. A bit more important this year as well. Like we had a lot of people with who earned a lot of points, but then had games which got them negative or yeah. zeros and that kind of thing in there as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. <laughs> also, like I picked up Stray. Like as soon as they said, like, "Hey, this game is gonna like release this year," <laughs> and like two weeks later, it was like, "Oh, hey guys, we're sorry, but the game is delayed." Yeah. And I remember having, I think I had like one or two other games that had the same happening. So I feel like this year is seeing more of the impact of a pandemic than last year mm. in a way. Because mm. last year the games that came out like were pretty much ready to go for that year. Well this year uh the games that could have been ready to to go like between the end of last year and this year um kind of got hit harder in a way like mm. i don't know if that makes sense but yeah it's almost like some, some of the ones that got delayed got delayed again because they were just that far right. out of step mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. mm. oh interesting um well let's just talk about the draft first of all then with everybody for this year and i'm interested in how you guys went into the draft and if you started with any kind of strategy or game plan in mind and if you if you kind of put much research into your picks or not, because just for myself, I just kind of wing it a lot of the time, which <laughs> I, I don't research many games. There's some that I did, but most of the ones I just kind of went, oh, I think that'll do well, click. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see if, if you guys were the same or if you did it differently or anything. So maybe let's start with Rick. And yeah, talk about sure. how you, so, um... you started the year off. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Given where I've landed this year, I'm probably not an example to copy off, but I had a master list, uh, just a big old list, no order, all the games that I was looking forward to this next year. Uh, and I think in hindsight, I probably should have thought a little bit more about what other people were wanting rather than just myself. I think um, mm. in a couple of those games where they've been dinged, it was probably foreseeable in a couple of ways. Um, I did also, in some respects, try and think about uh, likelihood of releasing. Uh, my big gamble, which didn't pay off, was Breath of the Wild 2. That was my first pick. Um, I knew there was a reasonable chance it wouldn't come out this yeah. year. And as it happened, it hasn't. Um, but the thinking was, if it comes out, that's 20 points guaranteed, if not more. Um, yep. My other picks, generally, I aimed for stuff that at least initially was supposed to be coming out this year. Um, a couple of them didn't, similar to Paolo with Stray. Um, but my thinking was, what am I looking forward to? And I also think is not too niche um, to um, maybe hit reviewers who aren't necessarily going to click with it in the way that I would um, is going to generate enough press for reviews. Um, and the one that didn't, mm. which is Fantasian, I genuinely thought more reviewers would pick that up because of the pedigree of the studio behind it. Um, as it happened, we were able to manually score that, so it didn't matter too much. But yeah, I've gone very much around about houses. The short answer is big old list see which one I want to pick the most when my turn comes around that is still available. It's interesting what you said there about um, there's two things you said. One was the things you thought were going to do well, but then maybe you didn't think so much about how critics would take it. And then things that um, uh, perhaps may not get enough reviews, which is actually quite an important thing that I think a lot of people forget with the Fantasy Critic League is that some of those smaller games, which may be like works of art, the risk is that no one does 
any reviews for it because it is so niche and you end up not getting a score kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and to give you an example on that first point, um, I got dinged hard for Bright Memory Infinite. Uh, that's come mm. with a minus five uh, late in the year. The main criticism seems to be that it's quite short, which yeah, right. isn't personally a problem for me. And I think next year going into it, that's something where I have to think, well, is that the kind of thing where a reviewer might criticize that? Because the, the original version of that game was like 20, 25, 30 minutes long. Um, again, given the pedigree of the developer, which is one person using Epic's um, framework thing to build the game from the art assets, which is their actual skill set. Uh, it's understandable that it's a little bit shorter. And that's the kind of thing where looking at draft picks and next year, I'd probably think more about, well, um, how might that fly with reviewers versus mm. does that matter to me? Because the former, clearly it does. The latter, mm. I, I, in some ways, relish a shorter game. But that, that's a, a topic for another time. Well, and similarly, I was convinced that Honey Pop 2 Double Date was going to be a real banger. <laughs> well, it was and a real banger. Finding tender. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and it only earned me six points in the end, so... I was yeah. a little bit, you know, disappointed with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Alex, what about you? How about as a? Because I think were you new this year as well? I was. Or, yeah. Yeah. So how did you enter into it as a new player? I, I'm a total goddamn nerd. So I did plenty of research, and most of my research was actually on Open Critic because my thing was like, I don't give a shit how games are like what people think of the game. How does Open Critic rate the game? And like. Open Critic is way different from other review aggregators. Their scores are just completely, I find, right. completely different than Metacritic. Um, they tend to skew lower than others. Like I find 90s are harder to find even on Open Critic. So I was like looking at Open Critic and I was just trying to go through like what kind of games get scored what? Is there any consistency? How far back do these even go? Because it doesn't go that far back even. Also, I hope, mm. I think they maybe have fixed it, but man, their search tool is terrible. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> because <laughs> when you search for it you have to like the game has to pop up in a list you can't just like type in a keyword and then click enter and like see a list and like you have to, anyway whatever i think they've done some edits though they're a small team so it's fine but you know um, no I, I think we've been spoiled by the beautiful user experience of how long to beat.com <laughs> there you go yep. spoiled <laughs> spoiled run but i went through and was really like and also i got like <laughs> fucking stuck in the second last draft pick position so i was like shit like i knew i was kind of picking from the refuse to give you an example only one of my games that i drafted scored um two of them have not released and i had to drop the other two so four out of five of my mm. draft games did not freaking happen because I, so like the draft is important, but it's not that important. Like at the end of the day, I could barely get any games <laughs> that I thought would be good. I was just like, crap, which ones might score? And so I just kind of banked on a couple safe ones. Montana Rise being the only one that actually came out and did anything. Um, well, I think like you said, with a couple of the ones that didn't release, you were able to drop them as well. So mm -hmm. even if, even if you do pick them early in the draft, they can be sometimes they can be a, a good one to risk because yeah. the way our rules are set up, you can you can drop games that have been drafted, but not games you pick up later. Yeah, so, but then also the difficulty and like that was something that I was looking forward to. But then also something that's hard is that you gotta wait for them to say it's delayed. So God damn it! Yes. Uh, every day I'm like Team Cherry, can you just please say that uh, Silk Song is not coming out this year? <laughs> just, just say it's not coming out this year. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Braid Anniversary Edition just dropped off the face of the planet. That was supposed to be out in spring. Said nothing about it. Same with Crossfire X. I had to manually drop that one as like my drop, uh, but it's coming out now in yeah. 2023. But they just didn't say shit until like the very end, um, which I understand yeah. as a company that makes perfect sense. Uh, but as a guy playing a game on the internet, I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just tell us it's not happening yeah so i basically like i yeah i had a list of games that i thought were like from genres that just in general had a good track record and was like all right let's just stick with and and i also looked up the developers and stuff um so i was like okay that was actually what i was more concerned about is like is the developer reliable and does this developer like mm -hmm. you strike like you know strike out more than it you know fouls out kind of thing so i was like all right yeah go for that um, so that was kind of my strategy well, going into the draft. Mm. And some developers as well love to talk about their game, but then it never, they'll talk about it for years before it actually comes out. <laughs> so yeah. you might think that, oh, it's coming because they keep telling us about it, but nah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hollow Knight was like a Hail Mary because I was like, I need to just have on that draft, like one game where if it comes out, just like 
dollar bills you know <laughs> that's what i was i needed and i also wasn't worried because mm. i was like if somebody counterpicked that one it's like well which i don't think anyone will because they're terrified if that one comes out because it do really well but oh, if you that, do that's a lock that game yeah yeah right yeah i i just i i feel like whoever mm-hmm. gets it is getting points probably over 20 you know <laughs> like it's just a good game um absolutely yeah yeah anyway that was kind of that's kind of where i went in my headspace was just yeah, no, that's interesting that's very different to my own approach for because who did very little research so. <laughs> well when you think about it, like open like critic it. is what we're gaming right like we're we're really totally. like going against that site and the, and how critics look at things and <laughs> critics have very there is quite a pattern <laughs> well and it and i think it it shows for anyone who's unaware that um alex has been in the top spot basically all year on the leaderboard i don't think you've been off the top spot really since you got there um so it's been a very strong year for you either way <laughs> So, yeah. you know, whether it's down to the strategy or just luck, we'll wait it's and see. But both. <laughs> but I'd say with the hard work you put in it, that's probably a good part of it. Yeah, I <laughs> think I think it helps for sure. It, for Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Paula? How did you come into this year? Well, last year I wasn't like really... I guess I wasn't really keeping track of Fantastic League as much as I was this year. Um, so this year I wanted to like properly try to uh, pick uh, my games and stuff like that. I started with the first round with okay, what's the one game I really want to want it like I really want to play this year, like day one, no questions asked, and that was Team Fantasy Five because Team Fantasy Four was uh, totally awesome. So my initial at- approach on trying to pick the the first couple of games was okay. What do I really, really want to play because it looks awesome? So that's Team mm. Fantasy Five and Kid Average of Spirits. I kind of work it with Disgaea Six because I didn't do my research. <laughs> um, because I, if I did, I would know that Disgaea was kind of like going in a bit of a down the downward spiral because of pe- pretty much people being tired of the formula. Mm. Uh, and then I noticed Basta Fellows was there, and I was like, hey. I can pick in the toolbay. Hell yeah. Like if if I Thomas. if what I'm saying here, like my thought process is zero. It's just got feeling at this point, or like, oh, I might play that. So <laughs> I, I was kinda sad though, because Family Detective Club wasn't like as well received, but then again, it was like more of a traditional visual novel rather than I don't know, a Saturnian uh thing and Ropa, so damn it. Um, and then I just started like picking stuff like during the years, like, hey, that looks cool. Hey, that looks cool. Hey, that looks kind of oh wait, um, <laughs> it is a breakfast. Thank you, Aldo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that 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 was my year, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. Well, and you know, reigning champion. How how does that affect what you go in? Do you try and uh? do the same thing again or did you try and change it up a bit as well mm, i'm trying to think because i don't remember what i did <laughs> last year i guess last year i saw animal crossing the horizons and for some reason it was like hey that looks like fun and people like really seem to like animal crossing and the thing is when i didn't really um vibe with me with new leaf and then there's new horizons and they're adding like all the crafting stuff and the creating outside and when you get a person who was like meh about animal crossing really excited about animal crossing it was like okay this might actually be like a very good voyage game so mm. that was the main reason why i chose it i wasn't aware of the upcoming pandemic at the time so <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think that helped definitely um yeah so yeah, I guess I. Right. Oh, no! Sorry, go on, please. No, the since last year there were fewer people, and also there were like a lot more games that I, I guess I knew more about that were coming out that year. Uh, I was more confident on my picks. Here I was mm. just fumbling around. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think having more people this year as well has changed it a little bit to last year. Just. Because uh, the competition, I guess, is a little bit less diverse. Well, was less diverse last year than it is this year. So, 
And the draft's way more competitive with more people as well because you Mm. know if you don't pick it now, there's less chance it comes around next time. Yeah. And at the moment... I actually lost uh, a couple of bets because someone, like, put all their money onto, like, the one game I was trying to um, (laughs) pick up. So... Yeah. It was fierce. (laughs) It was a bloodbath. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, on that, um, we've... You guys have uh, already pointed out uh, the game that basically helped you the most, I guess, or that was your biggest scorers for this year. But I'm also interested in what uh, what game you drafted that perhaps surprised you the most, like, for better or worse. Like, <laughs> the game that you thought, like, or game or games that you thought, oh, this is gonna this is gonna nail it. This is a 100% score, but you ended up losing points or something. 12 <laughs> or minutes. one that you thought was... Yeah, the one I that thought you I was, was going like... to be like a 90. Sorry, I know you're mid, but I just want to get the anger out. I'm so annoyed that they didn't stick the landing. And I know that Which both of you have played it. Uh, 12 minutes. Yes, yes. It's Annapurna. <sighs> it's proper talent. All the pre-release looked amazing. Xbox mm. were putting their weight behind it. And then they went and, by the sounds of it, bodged the ending. Um, and I'm planning to play it soon, so I'll find out. But Sorry, go on. Yeah, and then a big name cast. cast that, that, yeah. And then by the sounds of it, they got them to do American accents. And it's like, why on earth would you hire yeah. James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley and get them to do American accents? Whose smart fucking <laughs> idea was that? To be fair, <laughs> I got caught up in that too. Like, I thought that was going to be like in the 80s at least kind of oh. deal. So, yeah. Absolutely. That was a genuine surprise. I, you know, I got to say, I don't think in like in hindsight... None of the ones that scored poorly for me are actually a surprise. I just let my emotions get in the way. Like, that's when I thought too much that's about what I would fair, enjoy. Actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, for instance, Mario Golf Super Rush, that's the one that tanked the most for me because it got a 71, despite the fact that that game is apparently very fun, quite good. And, like, but the issue in and thing I always forget is that the fucking Mario sports games are shit at start at the very least especially in recent years they, they're just bad at start and then they get better like mario tennis much better now than when it came out mario golf same thing and that also it's just like their quality has become middling at this point and i was like why didn't i i, I knew that i knew that but, <laughs> but when that sold. bid happened i saw you bid it and i was like shit why didn't i think of that so it's like you're not yeah. alone uh, yeah because right? the marketing was good for this one it did yeah. look pretty fucking good but yeah <laughs> i mean and yeah, to be fair, I, I actually like, expected uh, Mario Golf to tank because of how uh, Mario Tennis came out. Yeah, but it looks better than Mario yes. Tennis. See, I expect anything with Mario in the name just to score well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not too familiar with Nintendo stuff anyway because I don't... And, and this is where my bias came in because I loved Mario Tennis Aces. I actually thought it was great. Like, <laughs> This is a really fun game. Like, It's a fun Mario Tennis Someone game. Someone had to. <laughs> yeah, well, I, a lot of people I know love it too. Is the thing, right? Like most people I talk to enjoy it, but I think it just got—it can't break free from the fact that there's a lineage of Mario Tennis games, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, if it was just—if it—if it would just came out as this, this was the thing, and it would be even a different IP or something, it'd be like, oh, it's a fun game. But then it's like, no, it comes from the lineage of the Mario Tennis RPGs. Yeah, ah, speak your review angle as well, though, because that that yeah. game, if I remember correctly, as Tennis did, got dinged for content. And yes. lack of. And that's the kind of thing where if you're playing with friends or you just like playing casually, you know, as, lo- as long as the core works, you know, that's great. You're happy with it. It's all hunky dory. But from a review perspective, if there's no meat on them bones, you're going to ding it. And it was totally fair. Actually, you know what mm-hmm. one disappointed me the most is the Ascent. Because I actually do think that reviewers were too hard on that game. Because I think that game is better than the reviews made out on it. Because that game is excellent. And I'm like, it got a 73. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is much better than a 73. Small studio. um, Like, it's gorgeous. It was super fun. I was like, that. this is an 80s game at least. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. That one I was a little like, what the fuck? Come on. Like, the fact that... That, yeah. that had a buggy, buggy start as well. So oh yeah, that's true. Because it wasn't buggy you on know. the Series X for me, but I guess on others, yeah. Oh yeah, and it was fine for me as well. But I remember reading that there was huge, especially with um trying to join co-op games and that sort of thing. Like ah, uh, okay. Problems. See, I was single player, so, yeah. right? So same. <laughs> There's always something, the... right? <laughs> There's always something. I the the one game I wasn't like I I don't want to say disappointed, more like sad about. Because he didn't like quite reach the potential he had was uh, Baldo the Guardian <laughs> Owls, mainly because mm. if that game had more time in the open, 
it could have like ironed out like so many issues with the game. Like I was like really looking forward to it because it was like more of a I guess Zelda like adventure. Uh with um like a studio ghibli like appearance, which I really uh I really dig. Mm. But no, it it just had to be a not not only a buggy mess, but it seems the controls are cranky. See, it's funny because when I saw you bid that, I was like, Paul just lost this game. Because <laughs> like I remember looking at the time, I was <laughs> I was researching Baldo and I was like, because I again I wanted to bid it at one point, and then I like did more digging in and I was like uh-oh because <laughs> like there was all this like all of the like media coverage on it was kind of like everyone was like oh it's cute <laughs> you know and like i saw a few people playing it and they were like what the fuck why can't i do this thing and i was like oh no 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 i'm not touching this game but i wasn't sure because so it could have you looked at that and you went baldo <laughs> baldo <laughs> yeah, baldo. yeah probably <laughs> the one thing i would i do different is like do a bit of research next year. Yeah. But I will say, I did not think it was going to get scored as poorly as it did. I thought you were dealing with like Same. a like 65 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, maybe a couple points down. But yeah, that but game. 57. Is... Yeah. <laughs> I, even I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, holy shit. That's way worse than I thought. I thought a couple yep. points off, maybe. Um, yeah. Can we take a second you know, as well the... to appreciate just how poorly Disgaea 6 scored? Yeah, that was interesting to me. I thought that was a banger for sure. I thought that was going to be like a a definite hit for for you there, Paolo. But I don't know. Well, I've I've just scrolled down to Paolo's page to see the Baldo score, and I've just seen it at seventy two, and it's like, hang on, what? Because you think yeah. this guy, you think eighty minimum. Like yeah. those, those well, games it's, it's are universally good. Yeah. But Paolo, didn't you say the fan base has been kind of turning on, or like said like the game? Uh, like... I I guess. Is when I read some of the reviews, it was like, oh, this is like more of the same. There's re- there isn't like really anything new. So I mm. guess it is like I don't want to insult the game and say it's po- it's like Pokemon fatigue, but I guess Fire Emblem fatigue, like before Awakening, because like all the games like were following the same formula or were a little bit samey. Yeah, series fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess it is that. Oof, that makes sense. Yes. Oh, and that's yeah. Like, like I think you, everyone's touched on is like, it's that difference between what what you think should do well or what what is popular even in its own little genre, but the critics might have something else to say. Mm. Well, yeah. I did the same thing with Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins was my favorite game as a kid. I had it on my Game Boy, which I know it's like. And so the thing is. I'm a little inundated into the difficulty of Ghosts and Goblins. To me, it never feels that cheap, yeah. but I know that's because I have muscle memory. So I saw Ghosts and Goblins Resurrections and I was like, this looks dope. I was like, I like the art style. It all looks cool. And I got, I just got swept up. I was like, this will be a great game. And it, look, it got five points. So that wasn't horrible. But yeah, yeah. I got sucked in by the, by my own hype, you know, <laughs> which maybe is the well, biggest sim- similarly, hmm. similarly for me, I thought Ninja Gaiden Master Collection would be like, People would eat that up because I remember loving it when I was a kid and playing Ninja Gaiden and you know that it, similar sort of thing like that kind of challenge and difficulty and kind of getting used to how it works. But yeah, that got like two points. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, remasters and, and re-releases and stuff are kind of a bit of a rough game these days, anyways, because sometimes they come out worse than you think they're going to. And <laughs> yeah, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <Jesus>. yep. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah. Oh I, my god, the, ra- I the didn't Grand Theft Auto trilogy. No. See, I thought that was a shoe in as well as soon as I saw that announced. Same fucking like, fifty four. <laughs> like, like GTA, I and mean, that's quite generous by the looks of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I I know. I honestly, yeah, no, did not see that coming at all. Like I thought this, I thought that was like a a surefire easy bet. You know. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah Ooh, should we talk my counter pick <laughs> yes so let's look at some more specific stuff from each of your rosters so Alex mm-hmm. speaking of games that held you back or propelled you forward uh, how important was your counter pick of Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood for getting you so far ahead like do you think it might have been a bit of a linchpin into your early lead Oh, I'm pretty sure it's basically what's going to make me win this whole thing, honestly. Because, like, 
when you look at it, uh, what is it, 99? I mean, I guess I still have quite a few points. Like, I'd have 85 without it, but... Listen to that humble brag, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd still be up there without it. It's all right. Look, I'm not trying to, like, I just say the facts. Cause, but really, Everdread would be the one who could get near me if um, if I didn't have the counter pick, right? Because, like, he's he would be 18 points away from that. But I think, actually, like, mathematically at this point, I don't think anyone can. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I think it's much a foregone conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but uh, but um, I think it was, like, a linchpin for me. Because once it got me ahead, it was so hard to touch because, like, even when you look at it, I've only had eight games released, but really it's nine, right? Because I've had uh, that counter pick and like it scored me 14 points. And like that was just a huge, huge thing because so many, like everyone else's counter picks either lost them points, one got some points, um, Mango got some points um, for Battlefield 2042. And then others are just like the will not release, right? Because there's that strategy of like, oh, okay, well, I'll just will not release it. But like the issue is that that's just means you just lose points, right? Like you just get nothing. Um, and yeah, going for a going for a will not release is definitely the safe bet because you just kind of zero summing it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I went for as well. Because I, you know, I counterfeit sports story, which I think would do well if it comes out. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't think it would come out this year. So. I kind of just went for the safe play on that one. And then the thing is, like, for the ones that people thought, like, wouldn't come out this year, like, I know, Rick, you got burned. Um, uh, Mildly. Matt got burned uh, by Neo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Friggin', yeah, mildly. You, know, you weren't, you didn't get bad, but Ashgazer got fucked by Halo Infinite. Like, that game yeah. just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and then Grand Theft Auto. Oh, poor dude. Yeah, just got just got trashed by that but like you know what i mean so like sometimes you're like oh i don't think it'll come out and then it comes out and you're like shit <laughs> you know like because <laughs> um, even if it doesn't do super well it still hits you know and like um i i very specifically and i i recommend this i looked up like i made a list of games that i saw that i was like mm, that shit looks iffy and a game that has three titles <laughs> to me is always a fucking iffy game like it could have been called werewolf it could have been called the apocalypse or it could have been called earth blood like all those are titles but instead it's werewolf the apocalypse earth blood and i'm like nice this is a bad game so i was like let's look it up <laughs> and then what i did though is like i looked up who the publisher is cyanide and like i'm sorry cyanide um they're they're a French developer and they make shit games, man. <laughs> like they just make bad games. And so like I looked at their stuff and I'm like, oh, what was their last few games? Okay, they're the Blood Bowl guys, Tour de France 2020, Pro Cycling Manager, Space Hulk Tactics. I'm like, <laughs> this is gonna be bad. <laughs> so like I just had that moment where I was like, you know, all their games are just rough, right? Um, and they're published mm-hmm. by uh, Nacon or Nason or whatever it is, which their games they publish are also quite hit and miss and so i just had a feeling i'm like you know track record wise their games are either okay but they're like barely ever higher than 70 they're basically always in the (laughs) 60s and then i got even luckier because they ended up in the 50s so like i don't know i i just kind of figured it's worth it to put in i think it's worth putting in the research to the counterpick because that is like that's a one and done right like your draft is different i drop draft games but counterpick is like man sink or swim um yeah yeah well and the flip side to that as well is like with you drafting that that meant that it couldn't be dropped as well mm-hmm. yes so i forget who which i'm sorry, what, gamer. sorry. <laughs> yeah. with you countering it yeah not, not it's drafting. what happened to me on breath of the wild to encounter that and then when that got announced as a 22 release stuff you stuck with it i do mm. want to very briefly run a little bit of defense for cyanide they were involved in of orcs and men which I think is one of the greatest games that came out in that generation. It's a little bit rough, but it's an amazing game. But um, here, it's rough. In your defense, that it's was 2012. Rough, but... That was 2012. It's the one yeah. good one I could find. And if you looked at any pre-release for Werewolf, uh, the Apocalypse, uh, Blood, whatever it was called. But even like, when you look at um, of Orcs and Men, um, the Metacritic aggregated scores for PC is 69, PS3 is 57, Xbox 360 is 64. So their oh games might God. be fun, but they're trash. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's like the fun matter doesn't matter. I bet there's fun to be had in playing a shit werewolf game. You know what I mean? But like, the problem is that no, like critics are like, this is bad. <laughs> oh man. Well, and I think that's, that's the big difference, isn't it? Like the site has the, like fantasy Creek league has the cutoff at 70 for like high is good, low is bad. 
So, but it doesn't mean that a game that scores in the 60s is one you're not going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a cutoff that has to be met somewhere. Yeah. So it's Cause this game <laughs> Exactly. Because this game has nothing to do with enjoyment. It's all just about like, are these technically sound video games? Which I'm learning even more like with the Ascent and stuff. It's like, don't bet your money on the games that might be complicated and buggy. I'm learning that like anything that deals with online, just don't go fucking near it. Because <laughs> like, unless it's Capcom, because I don't know, they, they work their magic. Um, but yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, Ascent, damn it, shit, they had co-op. Ah, fucked, you know? Battlefield. Ooh. Um, though I guess Halo yeah, is like the that, opposite. So I don't know. Yeah, those on-release kind of multiplayer bugs will tank the initial score quite hard, I think. And yeah, very few places go back and adjust their scores later. So yeah, where Halo got away with it is that the campaign came out like three weeks after the online component, and the online component I think is still labeled as beta. So mm. it was judged almost entirely on its campaign. Well, actually, the score came out for the online multiplayer like first. They like everyone was scoring oh, really? the online. Oh yeah, oh. they most places have been scoring them separately, but they've been aggregated oh. as one. And I'll I'll just say right like you know right off the bat like the multiplayer and the campaign have both scored extremely high. Um, mm. So I don't know. That's a game where I think they just they took their time. And they paid off. Um, God yeah, knows they, they have did to. The, did the right thing with that game where they're like. This is a big franchise. Let's not ruin it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just like ease up. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. my advice to any new players, research that counterpick, yo. Research it real good. <laughs> awesome. Um, so to on the other end of uh, town is Rick. Yeah. Who, the interesting thing for me with your uh, roster was that you had a couple of games that either didn't receive scores or had a hard time receiving scores. And I think After the Fall, which is your latest one, just today got a score update on the site mm-hmm. and it's been hit with a 69, which is a negative one, unfortunately. It yes. is nice, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same wavelength. I love it. Yeah, yeah, um, some roundabouts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, also Fantasian, which we actually manually scored because it had a Metacritic score but didn't have an Open Critic score. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a little discussion about it at the time and decided, yeah, no, that's fair enough. And you can have that score. And that ended up being your highest scoring game as well, I think. So far, I mean, Wolfstride so- has got eight at the moment. That may well, if I'm lucky, get a few more reviews and actually break double digits, which would be nice. But yeah, but it, as it stands, that is my highest scoring game with nine. You're right. Um, yeah, but do you feel like it was worth uh, looking for those niche games a bit more like you discussed before? I think for the bidding, absolutely. So um it's a shame that like money you have at the end of the year doesn't count for anything because uh, CD Projekt Rick has got a really healthy balance sheet. I think I've still got like $88 of my $100 budget. Um, and my, yep, my strategy for the, for the picks was finding things that I thought would do well um, and that I didn't think I would be outbid on. So I think I bid five for Sifu, everything else I bid a dollar for. And then Sifu was the one that bloody isn't going to release this year anyway. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I think by looking for more niche stuff, I actually also ended up doing more research. That seems to have borne out in what they've scored because I've scored about double the points from my um, bid picks as I have from my draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a clear away is good for that. I think if if a game that's a little bit more obscure does well, um, there's a, a an element of surprise and novelty that reviewers sort of take into account um, subconsciously. And I think they get slightly higher scores in that way. Um, and also I think it gives a little bit more fun to it like yeah sure if you pick Breath of the Wild which I also did and it releases and it scores gangbusters like yeah everyone knew that I think there's an element of extra satisfaction um, for for sort of unearthing uh, a rough diamond and that sort of coming good for you well it's fun as well I I found it interesting seeing what people did pick up and half of them I'd never heard of before so Mm. it was a good way to kind of go oh what's that game that that person shows and knows about that i have no idea <laughs> yeah and, and so on that way, if anyone's kind of interesting too. if anyone's listening the steam game fest is a great way um to do that so for example alex took chicory from that so i've i've been partially responsible for his <laughs> inevitable victory this year that's what i'm taking credit for anyway um right, Boy, which scored, <laughs> I, and i will uh, <laughs> narita boy which scored seven um that's one that i found from the from the steam game fest Wolfstride I only picked because I'd played a demo for it and thought, oh, that's great. And again, it's another way of getting a really good idea of um, how stable is this release going to be. 
Um, what does it feel like? Is this kind of thing I think reviewers would go for? Like from a, a manual gameplay perspective, not just from how the pre-release marketing's looked. Um, and I think um, also like looking at every aspect, like I think sometimes as gamers, we're happy with just one thing being cool. Like, hmm. like for me, um, I really enjoyed the Artful Escape. And that had minimal gameplay, quote unquote, but just the style and the music and everything was very cool and it got well reviewed but i think i did read a couple of reviews for it and they did say oh it's got no gameplay so that kind of sucks Mm -hmm. whereas like i went into it not expecting it to have any and just more open-minded i suppose than i would be if i was critiquing it like a reviewer Hmm. so i had a great time (laughs) to me that was like one of my highlights of the year personally but as a reviewer i'd probably be thinking well yeah but it's missing this it's missing that you know it does very little with this one aspect, so that loses score for that, and you know that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so it's an interesting balance, I think, trying to think about it as as a critic might think about it, as opposed to how much fun you might find in this little niche weird experience. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. one thing I'm very interested about is Polar, your pick from Buster Fellows, which you mentioned before. And that was an interesting one because it initially got kind of uh, controversial for a second because <laughs> it was banned in our league. <laughs> uh, when you picked it, it was for, for anyone who was playing along. Uh, certain I tags still think it's controversial. Certain tags in the league get banned. So if something is released internationally before uh, in North America, which the league is based on. Um, it can it's it's banned so you can't like go oh i found this game that did really well overseas and it's due for release in in north america so i'm going to pick that one because you know that kind of gives it away Hmm. whereas like polar picked buster fellows then it released in in overseas and um became banned in our league (laughs) because the tag was banned and it got the tag applied so then we manually uh, allowed it because obviously why wouldn't you and then it did really well and scored 19. So, you know, I, I'm just curious about how much you did know about that book. Or, or like, okay, if you so... did have a lot of research into that one. This is where Paolo goes. Oh, goes, this is where the scoop comes. Research? <laughs> research? Is it tasting? Oh, um, <laughs> to be honest, like, I just, uh, when I knew, like, Bustafels was going to come out, like, here in the West, I was, like, really excited because... Uh, first of all, like one of the big things that usually like bumps down the scores for Atomic games over here in the West, well, besides mm. there it being an Atomic game and having like not a lot of gameplay, let's be honest, is <laughs> the overall localization. So, uh, Axis games, I really love that they are bringing more games uh, to the West, but they have had like some questionable localizations uh one of them being one of them and that was uh for cafe enchante was actually is actually a meme in the atomic community uh <laughs> because they translated a, a particular term in japanese uh i think it was like hako oshi or something like that and it, it pretty much like define a person that will like support like every uh, character in the game like merch wise like they buy merch for every character in the game and the, does it have a favorite? And they translated literally as books butcher, <laughs> which is not a thing. <laughs> yeah, and it became a thing because of the meme, pretty much. So that. the the. the they had a moment of it, the translation was so bad in this point that it was good yeah. or it was funny. Uh, so, uh, but there are other points like with Color Mali's Unlimited where there was like a, a little puzzle they had to patch because they, you couldn't have like, you couldn't get the answer from the puzzle because they, they work it. <laughs> uh, so, so when so of course there some of the releases tend to get 
uh, a, a bit of a lower score because of the localization overall. Uh, on the other hand, B-Cube seems to treat games really respectfully. And this particular game, I view nothing about. Nada. Zero. Uh, the only thing I knew was that the protagonist was able to time travel in some way, shape, or form. I wasn't aware of how. So, and that's because I really like to go completely blind into uh, visual novel games because, well, the story is like the whole thing. So, yeah, I knew nothing. I just <laughs> kind of knew the characters. I kind of knew the music. It looked cool. I knew nothing. And that's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. Because I, God damn it, I I researched it and I found reviews from 2020 in January, and I was like, this damn game has English reviews from a year ago. I was like, how dare you? (laughs) But I'm like, whatever, Uh, it's fine. I'm like, you uh, played it. I put it it to a vote, and everyone said, no, it's cool. So yeah, I was like, I'm not raising a stink. It doesn't look good when the guy in the lead raises the stink. So I'm like, I'm just gonna <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Where's the spare bunch of Alex? But I suppose this is. But see, th- and also I remember at the time too, though, that I had this sort of thing where it's like, okay, on one hand, yeah, sure, there are some reviews of this in 2020, but also on the other hand, nobody except Paolo would even fucking know this game existed. So frankly, it's like. <laughs> She might as well be allowed to get it, cause like it's not like one of us is gonna put a bet on Buster Fellows, right? I'm like, excuse you, I was waiting and on also- Beth for Buster Fellows' release. <laughs> Were you? And I, was- I certainly and wasn't. And let's be super honest here. Like, um, from I I've been around the community on the well, oh my god, I don't know how to talk. I've been around in the Otome community like in a more active way like in the last year and what ja- and what japan likes is not always like the west mm. likes so yeah, at times a game may score a lot on japan but people will raise a stink um on whatever topics the game cover uh, here in the west so mm. Well, I think it, that it is well not guarantee like, either way. Yeah, yeah, like along with the localization stuff that you mentioned as well, like that it is still a bit of a gamble anyway. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So a I mean, good I, I don't gamble. Mind <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good gamble. Yeah. Well, that's the deal. Because had it gone terribly, we all wouldn't have even noticed. So you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like really, it's because it did great. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. <laughs> Um, now so, I learned though, like Paula's starting to teach me about Otome, so now I'm gonna keep an eye out for Otome next year. <laughs> I found some good oh, websites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have some competition with the next one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It is mine. Mine. <laughs> so after seeing as we're basically at the end of the year and there's still a few more releases and I reckon like people like uh Everdred are going to raise some more spots because he's had some late bloomers with mm-hmm. halo infinite and i think he's got the gunk coming out soon and... yeah that game looks right oh no yeah i mean it might do i think it's set to do all right but maybe not amazing it, that but, looks um... like a 75 to me you know what i mean yeah watch it, be it like looks like we're pretty much <laughs> set for the year almost like there might be a little mm-hmm. shift here and there but that's about it but mm-hmm. um uh, we'll go in reverse of got written down, but um, sure. let's let's talk about what what kind of advice because we do have some new players coming in uh, next year who have shown some interest and will be hopefully joining the league. So mm-hmm. if they're still listening and still interested, <laughs> what kind of advice would you give to a new player? Uh, and we'll start with Paula. And yeah, if there's anything you could tell anyone or you'd want to hear yourself coming in as a new player. What, what would you tell them? I think a little bit. I, I, I didn't bring a speech or anything, but <laughs> um, I guess like one of the things you should always like keep in mind uh, is like, okay, is this something, is this game you are trying to like uh, bet on pretty much? Is this something you would be interested on playing? And then ask, okay, 
is this something that you think other people would like? Because uh, I might be interested in playing uh, something. It may look like the uh, most entertaining game on the on on the face of the earth to me. But as Rick said, we can be a bit of a niche uh, community over here. Uh, but also, at the end of the day, I think if it is something I can't get like excited about, I'd rather not bet on it. Because if I myself wouldn't play the game, I don't know, like day one, or like wouldn't be interested in um, picking it up, um, I don't think that's a good game to bet on. Yeah. Well, and I think that having that personal kind of investment kind of, I, I find it makes it more fun because you want it to do well as well. Like you're not just going purely on numbers. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> cool. Rick, what would you have done differently to keep yourself off the bottom? A lot. To be fair, I'm fourth <laughs> from bottom now. Let, let's put a little bit of respect to my name. I've not, I've not done quite as badly as I was doing for a good stretch of it. Um, I would echo quite a few of the things that we said over the hour. I think I would definitely give more thought to my counter pick. There was a, a, a method to the madness of picking No More Heroes 3, but obviously that didn't really work out at all in the end. Um, mm. I would definitely do more legwork in terms of my original five picks because the ones that did release didn't really perform as I wanted them to. And I think there's a lot to be said for the reviewer mindset looking for things that if you take a, a cold view of it, you can see where things are going to be dinged. Um, a lot of that, you know, hype aside, surprises aside, you can often get an idea of where the wind's blowing. But equally, you know, have fun with it. So, you know, if you've mm. got a couple of games that are coming that you're really, really excited for and you could justify picking them, you know, it, it's always more engaging when you've got something that you've got some personal investment in. Um, I definitely felt that with Narita Boy, um, with that coming in. And I was really pleased when that one got a good score in spite of a few of its flaws and, and the, the quality of that game shone through. Uh, and I think that's the fun of the league. The fun of the league is finding something that you believe in um, and backing it and it coming good for you. So... Yeah, have fun with it and try and have fun in a way that scores the maximum amount of points. <laughs> yeah. Maximize your fun. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> and uh, Alex, I'm interested in because, like, as you know, you've basically just coasted on through your year with good research and planning, obviously, behind it. But has that taught you much or have you not really yeah. learned much at all? Well, I think it's taught me a lot because, like, like I said, though, like, I. I actively was involved for a lot, you know, like it didn't come it like this wasn't by accident, I would say. Obviously there's luck involved, yeah. but like I was always checking um so whatever here's a big thing actually. One of the big things I learned too is that not only is it do you think the game will score, it's do you think the game will come out. And like that for me was a big thing where even some of the games that didn't score super well for me, I knew they were coming. And like that's the thing where I'm like mm. when I make my bids, I was like, okay, a Nintendo Direct just came out. Well, Nintendo's fucking indie games, they're not telling you that it comes out next week because it's coming out next year. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, it's coming out. Like, it's coming. So, yeah. like, that was with Eastward, actually. I snapped that up late in the game because I was like, Eastward, oh, that was the last game Nintendo showed on their Direct. It's going to be good. <laughs> I was like, hit it. It looked nice. I know it's coming out. Let's grab it. So, like, I spent a lot of time, especially early on. I found that, like, mm. um, and I don't know if this is just a, a product of you know how this year went in general but like i scooped up a lot of games I, th I feel fairly early on like the first six months of the year is actually where i felt like i was doing more with the critic league and then eventually you know what i mean like there's ebbs and flows so like at first i'm mm. trying to pick up games get good scores but a lot of the big games that come out at the end of the year we sort of know about usually pretty far in advance but then it's also they're like they're a gamble anyway, right? Because games that are, you know, coming out in November, <laughs> like huge air quotes, right? Because you're like, oh yeah, coming out in November. Did you mean February of 2023? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, like I was playing very much like a week at a time, you know? Like, all right, what's going on now? Mm -hmm. Check the bids. And the fact that public bidding is going to be a thing. So if you're new, 
uh, you'll be able to see potentially, I think we're still maybe discussing it, but like see the name in the game, but not the number. That's awesome. Cause like, Mm. um being able to check out what people are bidding i think is going to create a whole new thing to it and like yeah it's gonna ruin my strategy (laughs) yeah and like to be fair and that's that's what's fun though it's like there's different strategies like i was having a lot of fun like i loved checking on saturday like what bids went through and like that kind of thing like i actually think if you get more involved like when you do the research and stuff i think it's actually more fun in some ways, at least for me, because then I have like an investment in the league and I'm like, oh, I want to see what happens. And so like, yeah, it, it, there is a chunk of like work you have to do right at the start, but I feel like it's kind of concentrated in those draft weeks when you're like learning about it. And then you're just kind of doing what you do. You know, I love games. I just keep up yeah. with what games are coming out anyway. Right. And then it's like, oh, wow, that's coming out. Oh yeah. The critic league. Right. And then you just pop in. So, um, I don't know, just, just get involved and have fun with it. And I think, get involved like in the community stuff too like being on the discord was fun uh chatting mm. around you know we'd all shit talk and stuff or like we're like ooh, what's coming out like that kind of thing and it's just <laughs> it's a good time you know yeah, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun discussing it on discord and things when when you know big scores get taken away from people or added or whatever like. mm-hmm. mm. someone like nabs a bid out from another person and you're like no oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, with bidding yeah. in mind one thing i do want to throw out there as well um especially for new players um when those games are coming think about when they were supposed to come out initially um what kind of impact lockdown delays might have had on those games um how likely you think it is that it's being put out just to get the damn thing out the door um mm. and, and the way that might or might not impact scores uh, it's worth thinking about oh grand theft auto yeah absolutely well interestingly uh for anyone who um floats around the YouTube space. Uh, Mac McMuscles just did a video on uh, what we know of the launch so far. By the sounds of it, um, that game was A, supposed to release like the best part of a year ago. Yeah. B, was also rushed out because the next-gen versions of GTA V weren't ready. And C, there were a lot of warning signs internally that that was going to be a cluster. And also, you know, you know, three point i if you think about it how little was shown ahead of release how rushed that announcement to release was which isn't yeah. really rockstar's approach i was um, gonna say rockstar like give you a big lead in yeah there were pieces to be put together if people looked past the hype and i think that's something that alex highlighted mm. especially earlier on um you know understanding the hype but then also where there's obvious signs if you stop and think about it whether it's mario whether it's you know werewolf whatever it happens to be and i think there's a lot of value um throughout the year whether it's you know the early picks or the bids uh, um to to try and take the the nostalgia goggles off a little bit and not the nostalgia the hype goggles off a little bit if you can that actually is like another good point too though like i found all the bids that i made that were the most successful were ones where i watched previews um, and actually, like, explored a bit of people playing, like, slightly longer versions of them. And I was like, oh, because, like, I remember Werewolf. I went and I saw, like, because I saw a trailer. But then I was like, all right, what's, like, let's see a gameplay preview. And I went, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was like, counter pick. Um, and then, but in <laughs> other places, I went and watched, you know, a pre, like, even just Eastward watching the gameplay. I'm like, oh, that's great. I played a demo of Chicory. I'm like, oh, this is excellent. I actually know it is because I've done it. And I'm like, reviewers will probably dig this. But then I didn't really that watch previews from Mario yeah. Golf. I just watched that trailer, which got me real hype. And I should have watched yep. the fucking previews more. <laughs> that hype is dangerous. Hype yeah. is hype dangerous. Is dangerous. Oh, it is. It so is. But so it kind of yeah. it goes both ways as well because some of the biggest yeah. picks I know last year that did well. Mm-hmm were the unannounced games mm, like yeah. for me one of my biggest ones was it during the draft i drafted quote unquote unannounced assassin's creed game mm. which ended up being valhalla and mm. i was just like you know they're on a good track record with assassin's creed i reckon they are going to release one this year so for me that was like i reckon that'd be a good pick but it's risky because it hasn't even been announced mm. <laughs> there are, if there it's not been announced games... it can't be cancelled <laughs> but there are some games that like aren't necessarily even talked about but we kind of know it coming mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. we know there's another call of duty when there's another call of duty kind of thing or <laughs> yeah well there's another battlefield every few years so yeah i think there was a pokemon and then like someone also drafted the unannounced metroid 4 kind of thing which that was like that was a bold move and it worked out great yeah. 
Capra, yeah. I think, did that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm too nervous for that shit, man. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> that's too risky for me. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but that's one thing I really enjoy about the league is that kind of risk taking. Like, because when it pays off, it feels so good. But yeah. It doesn't always pay off. And <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, shit. Well, see, I'm nervous oh, yeah. for next year because I don't know. I feel like I, I do think with the Fantasy Critic League, like, actually, I don't know. You know what will probably happen, though? It's like a newcomer will come in full of verve and energy and uh, take it on. Because I don't know if I have the same level of energy that I had for Fantasy Critic League this you year. You don't need to worry about next year. Next year's my year. Oh, right. It's right here. I've, I've, podcast I've got to round out the podcast host trilogy. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. written in the stars. Well, that means you heard it here uh, first. Freak, he did a huge, um, <laughs> what's the name of it? A huge target on his back. <laughs> The universe owes me. That's all I'm saying. I feel like going to go with his gut, knowing that it'll work. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope we get a big league <laughs> this year. Because uh, having a lot of people is fun and yeah, makes it tough. Hmm. <laughs> hey, so we we've all talked loads. Mm. Have you got any sort of thoughts you wanted to sort of feedback in on any of the things that we've uh, gone around, Avatar? Really, I think you guys have covered it pretty much. Like, I kind of have the same thoughts. Like. There is that importance of, I think, uh, looking at how critics would take things as opposed to how you might want the game to be. Mm. Um, but also, like you say, picking games that you're invested in kind of makes it more fun as well. Like picking a title that you don't really know anything about, but you kind of know will will score well is, is good for your score, but maybe you're not as invested or engaged if you if you've got a roster full of games that you just don't know anyway. Um, so there's that kind of balance to do and it depends what you're after as well like you know i I think i'm learning from you guys as well that a bit of research might help uh next year (laughs) because i i don't research much at all (laughs) um i thought i was pretty smart when i picked honey pop 2 because it had gone pretty much under the radar and (laughs) as much as i enjoy those games i thought it would do well as well but yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes they go under the radar for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean it got it, it got 76, so that's nothing to sniff at, but uh, points are points. <laughs> yeah. Points are for, points. For a little Kickstarter game, I think it did well, but I was just that was like the most research I did was when I heard that was coming out, I'm like I got to find out if it's actually coming out <laughs> if it's been delayed or you know. <laughs> it's research, I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the rest of them, I was like, eh, that sounds good. <laughs> and like, I'm kicking myself for some games like Aragami 2. Like, if I actually thought about that, I shouldn't have picked it because it ended up losing six points. But I wasn't expecting it to do heaps good anyway. Like, whereas I like, lost judgment, I thought, yeah, that's going to do well. And it did because the previous one was well received. And, you know, everyone <laughs> loves a Yakuza game um, <laughs> or something to that effect. Yakuza um, adjacent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it definitely I just bought that game pays... today. Actually, <laughs> oh nice. Very exciting. But it definitely pays to look at the look at the developer and the publisher and like their track record as well, because like yeah. that's what I based my uh, pick of Returnal on. Was because mm. it's a Housemark game, mm. and Housemark have made like they got our console arcade games down pat, kind of thing. Like they have a really yeah, they track they have a, a niche and they kill it for sure. Yeah, with like uh, is it. Stardust and Stardust, Next Machina, Alienation, um, yeah. Matterfall. They, they yeah. all are basically, you know, inversions on a type. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely they follow a theme, but they do it really well. Yeah, so I didn't know much about Returnal, but I knew about Housemark, so I was like, okay, that sounds good to me. Mm. <laughs> so you know, all those sorts of things, I think, is is good advice. And um, and yeah, at the end of the day, have fun with it, though. Like you know. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want to take a big risk and see how it pays off, go for it. <laughs> for sure, that can be heaps of fun. Um, but yeah, my my final thought though about the league in general is just for everyone: when this goes out, signups should be open. And mm-hmm. so, if you're a returning player, uh, log onto the site and create a publisher for next year. Um, or if you're a new player, there'll be an invite link in the Discord and on the forum that you can follow and you just need to log in with your own account and do the same thing, but you can join the, the league for next year that way. Uh, and yeah, and you know, we've got a really good community on Hell on to Beat and in the league in general. So I 
really think it's a good place on the Discord or on the forum to like ask questions and discuss things if any of it does get confusing or you're not sure about things because I think everyone's really helpful. You know, we're all happy to help each other have a good time. So, mm. you know, I, I think it's a definitely ask the community if there's anything that may be stopping you from taking part or something you're not sure about. Um, but yeah, other than that, any final thoughts? Yeah, that's great. Mm. Just speaking of <laughs> taking part, thank year. you for taking part in this. Yeah, and thank you for essentially taking a load off us for a week and letting us just sort of coast along. <laughs> Normally yeah. we have to organise all the questions and the yep. thoughts and uh, it's nice to be on the other side of that for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and so yeah, the other thing with the rules as well, just while I remember, um, there are some new rules for next year that uh, we will be implementing and trying out. Again, there's a big post in the forum about that. Uh, that can be discussed right up until we hit go on the draft. So even though... Um, uh, sign-ups will be open till the end of December. We've still got all that time where we can edit game settings. And that. So if you do have an opinion on rules and even like games that you think should be banned or not allowed, that's, that kind of thing, um, do let us know because I'm listening to it all and we'll adjust things as necessary. It feels like we've got it kind of in a nice place where it is. Um, but, you know, always open for change because just because I like it doesn't mean everyone else does. <laughs> Please, yeah, give your feedback. And other than that, I hope to see some new players and some oldies back again. Oh, yeah, I just made my uh... publisher now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I'll see uh, see how the new champ might go in 2022. I'll let you know this time next year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Big talk. (laughs) All right, well... Replay this in twelve months. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I'm gonna. I've Yikes. got this clip saved. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna be palm last next year. <laughs> what? I'll still have a Game Pass subscription, and I'll have like come dead last. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, and thanks for listening. Hope it's been interesting. And yeah. peace. Bye.